Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, welcome to the show. Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Great to be with you today. Lots of Premier League action to talk about as we get ready for all the big matches this weekend in the Premier League, plus a couple of other really interesting news items that are out, including the Premier League plans for the 2022 World Cup. Look, I mean, we've been talking about this and the disruption that the Qatar World Cup will have on the global football calendar we're finally getting a handle on how the premier league plans to handle it also let's talk about some of the champions league action uh that happened midweek loads of it actually and um i did tell you chelsea were going to get it done and they did indeed get it done let's talk about frank lampard and chelsea and what an impact he's making on this very, very young team, of course, this team that couldn't make any transfers because of their uh, transfer window ban, uh, he's really doing an excellent job. And I ask you this, is Frank Lampard the next England manager after Gareth Southgate? Well, love to hear from you. Find me on Twitter. I'm at Fifth Street Sports, or you can find me on my own Twitter, which is at Nick Gieber. Uh, I don't have Kartik with me for the rest of the week. He'll be back next week. Uh, then I'll be rejoined by my co-host, Kartik Krishnaya. In the meantime, it's, uh, you know, I'm I'm flying the plane, piloting the boat, uh, driving the car. We've got a great show today. Loads of Premier League action, of course, including some pretty big matches to look forward to. Newcastle Wolves, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, we got to talk about Liverpool Spurs because that would be the match of the weekend. That is on Sunday. That is at Anfield. Spurs coming off a, an incredible midweek victory uh, in the Champions League after really, really struggling in the Premier League. I think they've won five of the four of their last 17 Premier League matches by my count. Something along, something in that number. Uh, very, very poor indeed. The trouble, trouble at Tottenham Hotspur. Not going away, but a really solid midweek win for them. All right, we're going to get to it all and loads more after the break. Once again, Fifth Street Soccer, Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. Big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network. I'm going to step aside, take a quick break, and I'll be right back for more. You be sure you stay with me. All right, welcome back to the show for Street Soccer. I'm Nick Gieber. Lots to get to, so let's kick it all off, shall we? Of course, the 2022 World Cup has been the source of much controversy as it was given to Qatar. We've discussed this ad nauseum on this show, and in fact, many other shows, about the shady, questionable way in which Qatar got the World Cup. And, and again, my position on this was that uh, as despicable as the method by which they got the World Cup was, and of course we're talking about bribery and graft and all the rest, uh, those, that was the game. That, those were the rules of the game at the time uh, because FIFA were, and probably most likely still are, as c- corrupt an organization as you can get. 
Um, so that was the game that needed to be played, and they just played it better than anybody else. So do I think they should have been punished for that? No, no, I, I don't think so. I think what needed to happen was a regime change at FIFA. I'm not sure we got that. We did get a, quote, change. I'm not quite sure how fundamental the change has been at FIFA, but but we got the change. So let's put that behind us, shall we? The 2022 World Cup in Qatar is, of course, in the winter. And this, well, because during the summer, it's, you know, bloody hot there. Really don't know what else to say. It's just just steamingly, unpleasantly hot in Qatar in the summer. Not a great time to play football or probably any sport other than going inside and uh, turning the air conditioning to 70. But draft plans have now been shared between clubs outlining the Premier League schedule around the tournament because that's been the biggest question that we've all had, which is, you know, how is the Premier League going to handle it? Well, the World Cup will be taking place between the 21st of November and the 18th of December in 2022, which, shockingly enough, is, you know, three years away. It's, good Lord, I, I'm just getting all super fast here. But the season, the Premier League season, would kick off a week earlier only and finish only a week later, which means that there would be only six weekends without Premier League games. So uh, think about that for a minute. Um, first of all, how these plans are going to work with the national federations is a question because it, you know we're not just talking about English players obviously I mean you're talking about players from all over the world for national teams you know of many of the or most of the uh, FIFA countries that will be participating in the World Cup will be playing in the Premier League and now they're saying that you know we're going to release the players uh, but a week prior to the tournament well, I mean, if, if you follow the World Cup over the, the decades, you'll know that most national teams, their, their camps, so to speak, start about a month before the tournament. Usually several weeks are given for the national teams to prep for the tournament. And then, of course, there's a notion in the Premier League of a winter break. Uh, if you've been following this story, I mean, one of the discussions about the Premier League is that the league essentially plays year-round. And unlike the other leagues in Europe, the players haven't had a winter break. So uh, the feeling is that particularly in terms of Champions League results, it's had a negative effect on teams in the Premier League because they play right through the winter. So they've now given them a winter break, which is, I believe, starting this year. But it's been suggested that they're going to have to scrap that for the 2022-2023 season uh, because, obviously, there's no break available if players are going to be playing in Premier League teams up to a week before the tournament and they're going to come back a week after the tournament. They're not going to have any break. Now, personally, I don't give a rat's ass. I mean, to be honest with you. I mean, if you're making, you know, three, four hundred thousand pounds a week, I don't really care if you have a winter break. Your winter break is of no concern to me. And I tell you what, pay me three hundred thousand pounds a week, and I will more than happily work through the holiday season. I'll tell my kids, sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, won't be there to uh, 
have the figgy pudding with you. But here's a new Ferrari for your trouble. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's a little like when people talk about the quote unquote, you know, travel difficulties of uh, of, of European football. I, I kind of laugh. Yeah. Getting on a private jet and, uh, you know, flying to a country, staying in a first class hotel, playing a game, getting back on the private jet and going home. It, it's really tough travel, isn't it? If you've ever if you've ever flown that nightmare airline Frontier, which I did to Houston, um, pardon me, to Atlanta uh, six six weeks or so ago, my God, those were the hardest seats I ever sat in. They were like being waterboarded the entire time. <laughs> so yeah, I don't want to hear about you know the hardships of travel or, or the lack of a winter break. My my, I'm just crying away. My <laughs> my heart is bleeding. Really, it's the most ridiculously pathetic excuse I've heard. But look, this Winter World Cup is a disaster. I mean, by by all markers, this is this is just uh, an absolute foolish fool's errand. You're having a, a World Cup in a country with no footballing heritage, with no footballing history, a country whose population is actually smaller than generally the. Uh, total attendance at World Cups, a country that didn't have the infrastructure to handle this. They've had to build it at an enormous cost in in coin and an enormous cost in lives to the itinerant workers that have come primarily from uh, South Asia to build these stadiums. I mean, they're treated appallingly. We've gone through all this. The, the, this Qatar World Cup is a nightmare. nightmare. So now the Premier League says, well, you know, Poo to you, Mr. FIFA. We're going to have a fixture on the 12th. Your, uh, the players are going to rest between the 13th and the kickoff of the World Cup on the 21st. And then December the 18th, the World Cup's over. The final's done. Now, keep in mind, most players obviously will not be playing in the, in the World Cup final. In point of fact, most likely the week prior... Uh, we're looking at the at the quarterfinals and then the semifinals and the finals. That all gets, uh, you know, compressed. So most likely players that are not in the semifinals of the World Cup or beyond would 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 in point of fact have three weeks rest before they went back to their Premier League teams or had to play their next Premier League fixture. Uh, and again, it's entirely up to the Premier League clubs if they're going to throw those players right back into the mix. I, I suppose it's going to depend on, uh, you know, where they are on the table and 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 how that looks. But, but basically, it is a compressed schedule. It, it is the Premier League saying, "Look, this World Cup is an appendage that you're foistering on us at this point, and we're going to, while we're going to accommodate you as best we can, we're not going to completely wreck." the schedule that we've had for decades in this tournament and put 20 teams out just because, you know, you wanted to take bribes from FIFA. I mean, I mean from, you know, from, from Qatar in order to give them the World Cup. I mean, that's really what they're saying. Now, the championship will not play any games during the World Cup um, but they're going to have even a shorter break. And, you know, how many... There, there will be championship players playing in the World Cup, by the way, rest assured. So it's an interesting dynamic. We'll follow it, but I, I love it. I think the Premier League's saying, I'm not going to inconvenience fans. I'm not going to inconvenience our 20 teams. 
because you decided to take bribes from Qatar and do something that you've never done before, which is put a massive world tournament in the middle of our season. F you, FIFA. That's what they're saying. I love it. We'll follow the story. We'll be keeping you updated, of course, but this is where it is as of right now. All right, I'm going to get ready and step aside, take a break. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces radio uh, radio network. Real pleasure to speak with you as I do each and every weeknight from 9 p.m. Eastern time right here on this very network. And if you're listening on one of our many digital platforms, whether that's iHeart, TuneIn, or the award-winning SiriusXM app, I welcome you to the show and hope you will make me a regular part of your week. All right, I'm going to step aside, take a break, and be right back with more after this. All right, welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm your host, Nick Gieber. Well, I've been telling you there's a lot of Premier League games this weekend because, well, there are a lot of Premier League games this weekend. And if uh, you're like me and you absolutely hate these darn international breaks, this is the second weekend back now after a break. So we hopefully won't have to break too much more. Of course, we did have some Champions League and uh, Europa League action midweek. We'll talk about that maybe the next segment. But as I like to do on this show, we like to give you all of our picks for the weekend's matches. And I generally would like to curate about three matches out of that group that I think there may be some betting value in if you like to bet. So, And I like to give those to you first because just I'm a nice giving guy. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm a giver. I guess that's the way I put it. So I've chosen three matches, starting with uh, at St. Mary's with Southampton and Leicester. Uh, let's take a look at this. Southampton currently in 17th spot, just one above the relegation zone. Leicester sitting in third spot. And look, if, if you listen to this show, you know I'm a massive fan of what Brendan Rodgers is doing at Leicester with a terribly young squad. Um, you know, I think Brendan Rodgers has matured as a manager. Uh, he's honed his man management skills and his organizational skills. And I think... He's just doing a terrific job at Leicester City right now, and their table position would certainly seem to acknowledge that. Southampton, on the other hand, they ended a run of three successive losses with a draw at the Molyneux against Wolves last weekend. But look, they're on a terrible run going back last season. They've won only five of their last 23 home matches, and a loss here will only put more pressure on Ralph Hasenhutl uh, to be... Um, you know, in terms of where he is on the sack race. And and if you ask me, I'll tell you, he's currently 12-1. to 1. The next manager on the sack race, uh, Steve, he's tied with Steve Bruce. Uh, oh, the only managers ahead of him are uh, March, uh, Pochettino, Silva, and uh, Ole Ole, Gunnar Solskjaer at Man United. Look, I believe a loss, um, I, I believe, unfortunately, for Ralph Hasenhutl, but this is going to be a loss. Um, they're going to face this tough young Leicester City side looking to solidify their top four credentials. Uh, here are the odds on this one. Uh, Leicester City right now plus 140. Southampton are plus 210. Keep in mind Leicester City are the, the away side here. And the draw is plus 247. Uh, the total goals is two and a half. I think maybe take the over, although you know I, I think you're better on the money line here. I'm going to say take Leicester City... Uh, the away team for the win at plus 140. Um, let's move along to the next one. 
This is another pretty interesting match because uh, let's talk about West Ham United, who are currently 11th in the table against Sheffield, currently 9th. Um, and I'd say this, though, um, that since their 2-0 win over United last month, the Hammers, they've just been in a really bad run of form. And, and I like um, Pellegrino, uh, Pellegrini. I like Manuel, Manuel Pellegrini a lot. I think he's a great manager. Uh, I just think he's got some issues of maybe a squad maybe that's not quite deep enough. And certainly they've had um, some injury issues. Um, we're going to talk about that in a minute. And that's there's been a lot of problems for it. But they've had a pretty ball run of form. They drew Bournemouth and lost to Crystal Palace and Everton. Uh, the good news, though, Adam Cresswell will be back for this match. Uh, but uh, Mikhail Antonio and Lucas Fabianski, they're still out. Uh, Sheffield United, on the other hand, they are coming off uh, an absolute shocker of a win over Arsenal, and that was on Monday. And they're now two points above West Ham. The Blades are 1-3-0 and on the road. Uh, West Ham, though, 2-0-2 at home. But keep in mind, of that 2-0-2, the, the first match of the season, the Hammers got ha- just absolutely manhandled by City 5-0. So if you want to look at the total goals they've actually conceded at home, I only think it's two or three in three games. The odds for this one are West Ham at plus 109, uh, Sheffield at plus 333, the draw a plus 266, and actually, I quite like the draw on this one. Um, I just think this is going to be a draw. I don't think West Ham have sorted their problems yet. I think until they can get uh, uh, Mikhail Antonio and F- Fabianski back, I, I still I think they're going to struggle. Uh, Sheffield United, you know, they've got momentum on their side. Uh, you know, momentum. We keep talking about this, and I like to talk about this, just how important momentum is for a team, and certainly Sheffield United, who are, you know, everyone thought were going to be embroiled in a relegation battle, can look down at, uh, uh, you know, down the table, for example, and see the fact that currently they are, let's see, they are just out of the relegation zone. Not not by much, keep <laughs> keep in mind. It's very, very tight at the bottom end. But they, they haven't lost. I mean, the last match they lost was the Liverpool uh, match, and, and they lost that at home. One nil. That was a very that was that score line probably doesn't do them justice. Uh, before then, they beat Everton. Since then, they've had the draw against Watford and the win against Arsenal. So Sheffield are looking pretty good actually. Uh, but I, I just think this one for me has a draw uh, written all over it. All right, the last match I have curated for your sports betting pleasure is Brighton against Everton. This one's at the Amex. Uh, we talked a little bit about Everton. Uh, through some of the discussions of the other matches uh, that we are covering. Brighton are just one spot above the drop zone. And this is despite the home victory against Spurs. Uh, Look, Brighton's 2019 campaign has just been underwhelming. They've only had two wins in nine. The most recent loss was to Aston Villa, and that came right after that when we were talking about against Spurs. So there's no momentum here for Brighton uh, at all in this uh, coming off. There's no Spurs bounce, so to speak. I think Villa uh, took that opportunity away from them. On the other hand, uh, we have to look at Everton, who are now up to sixth place. And, and look, they had a f- <laughs> they just ended a four-match losing run with a 2-0 win against West Ham, which we spoke about in the last match. And by the way, I predicted that result on this show. I predicted 
that Everton would beat West Ham. So if you listen to the show, the, these are my prognostications. Uh, but look, uh, Fabian Delph, Delph is coming back. Schneiderlin's back from injury. Uh, I just think right now, Everton, I do think they've got momentum on their side. And with players coming back from injury, even though this is an away match, I, uh, I, I really like Everton for this one. By the way, the bookies do tend to agree with me. Everton are the favorites, although there's still plus money value with Everton. At plus 149, uh, I say take that. Brighton at plus 206, the home side. The draw plus 234. Everton plus 149. If you can get that price today, you should take it. I think that is a wickedly good bet. The total goals on this one at two and a half. The price on that's minus 111. I probably wouldn't play the play the totals here, play the over. Uh, likely to be an over. If I'm smelling a scoreline here, maybe it's a 2-1. But I'm going to give you the money line play on that one. So once again, to recap these ones, my three betting plays for you this weekend, uh, Southampton, Leicester at St. Mary's. I say take Leicester City, the away side at plus 140. Speaking of away sides, Brighton Hove Albion uh, versus Everton at the Amex. Once again, I say take the away side, that's Everton at plus 149. And West Ham Sheffield, I really like the draw for this one. It's at the London Stadium, but I really, really like the draw on this one at plus 266 because I just I just have a feeling, I, I really do, that um, West Ham aren't quite where they need to be yet. And uh, certainly Sheffield United are feeling their oats. Uh, two losses in the last five only with two wins and a draw. Uh, so, I mean, they are really feeling their oats nicely. And they're currently above West Ham in the table. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if this one is a draw. And right now... Uh, the value on the draw, as I said, is plus 266. Uh, so shop around. Get the best price you can on these things because that's what you have to do if you want to bet on sports. And um, enjoy. Have fun. And when you win, be sure to give me your information and your bank account. No, just kidding. When you, when you win, let me know on Twitter, at Fifth Street Sports, saying, uh, well, I've got a bunch of guys that do follow us, by the way, and do like to bet on sports, and they are absolutely, they're all over it when they win. They're sending me these thank you notes, and uh, of course, when they lose, it's not so nice. But uh, uh, if, if, you are, if it is going to work out for you, then please let me know. Love to know about it. Send me a picture of the new Ferrari. I'll be sure to trumpet it loud and clear uh, so that... Uh, Everybody else will know. There are, a lot of, there are a bunch of other great matches this weekend, by the way. And, of course, the really big match is at Anfield on Sunday. Uh, Liverpool are hosting Spurs. And Spurs, you know, we talk about their Premier League form, and I'm going to get into this match in more detail in the next segment. Uh, we talk about Spurs and their Premier League form. Um, but it's pretty awful. I mean, uh, I, I really... Um, don't know much else to say. Uh, you know, if you can figure it out, and quite honestly, it's not their home form. Their home form's not bad. I mean, they are. You know, they played five, they won three, drawn one. That's their home form. Uh, in terms of uh, all the matches, uh, you know, they're down there in seventh place. It's been pretty bad. They are. Coming off that 1-1 uh, against Watford, which was a shocker in and of itself. Before then, they lost to Brighton 3-0, which was a shocker in and of itself. Um, you know, big problems at Spurs. However, midweek, big Champions League victory. 
big Champions League victory. Go figure. Look, we'll talk about it more when we come back after the break. Uh, you're listening to Fistry Sp- uh, Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network, Sirius XM 211. I'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network and Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. I'm Nick Eber. By the way, I mentioned this earlier, but I'll say it again. A big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world who are listening to this broadcast, courtesy of the American Forces Network. We love having you with us, and we are with you each and every weeknight, 9 p.m. Eastern, that's 6 p.m. Pacific. That would be Monday through Friday, and uh, no better days than in the lead-up to a big Premier League weekend. Uh, We are talking about all the matches. Last segment, I gave you my three betting picks, and I'll just recap those for you if you didn't get them. Southampton, Leicester at St. Mary's. I said take Leicester at plus 140, the away side. West Ham against Sheffield United. I said that was going to be a draw. That is at the London Stadium, and that right now pays plus 266. And Brighton, Everton, I said take Everton, the away side on the money line at plus 149. But there are a bunch of other matches uh, going on, including Man City uh, at Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, the question for me isn't uh, Man City going to win. It's by how much. Now, look, this is at the Etihad. Uh, We're talking about Villa. And, yeah, they were looking pretty bloody awful up until a couple of weeks ago. Uh, in point of fact, Villa were like right down at the bottom of the table, but uh, they had the draw against Burnley. Then they had the uh, big win over Norwich, the 5-1 win over Norwich, followed up with the 2-1 home win over Brighton. But look, uh, let's be honest. Manchester City are not Brighton. They're not Norwich, and they're certainly not Burnley. Um, and if you consider the fact that Villa lost to Arsenal, uh, they lost to Palace, they lost to Bournemouth, and they lost to Tottenham. Uh, I, I don't see any way that Villa are going to win this game, uh, barring a miracle act of God. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because, you know, who knows if God is on the side of Aston Villa or on the side of Manchester City. I mean, that's really the question, I suppose. It really just depends on which team you support. But, yeah, Villa aren't going to win this one. However, it would be the uh, the payout of the weekend if they did as the money line for a Villa win right now is plus 2,480 is a really good uh, really good uh, payday return for you. Uh, but the chances of that happening are just about zero, or as we say, minus 2,480 would be the, ch- the chances of that happening. Um, the, the bookies have the, the, the score line on this one at 5-0. I think that's about right. The total goal consensus is four, so... You may want to take the over if you're betting this one. Uh, pretty safe bet, I think, actually, at this point. Uh, I don't think you're getting an awful lot of value on it on that bet if you want to make it on the over. Uh, but, yeah, that's where I would be on that one. Uh, so City are going to win, and they're going to put pressure on Liverpool because Liverpool, sitting top of the table, have a very tough match. They're going to host Spurs. We're going to talk about – well, I suppose we could talk about that right now. Um, Tottenham are – in an interesting position because their form in 
the Premier League has just been awful. But recently, uh, and of course their form in the Champions League hasn't been so hot, but on Tuesday they hosted Red Star Belgrade and they absolutely thumped them 5-0. Now look, I'm a big believer of momentum. Uh, we talk about this on this show. If you listen to me on Picks and Parlays, we talk about it. I talk about it a lot on there. I think, you know, momentum is the most important signing a team can make. And, uh, you know, one has to wonder if winning 5-0 against Red Star Belgrade at the um, at the Tottenham Stadium is going to provide them that momentum. I mean, they have to go to Anfield here, and this is a very, very difficult trip to make. Liverpool's home form, of course, is perfect this season, and the only points that Liverpool have dropped were away at Old Trafford. That was last weekend. But I have to say, I don't think Liverpool are playing all that well. They're doing what uh, what championship teams do. And by that I mean champion teams, not championship teams, uh, obviously. But But they're doing what champions do. And that is that they're winning when they have to. They're winning when they don't play well. Um, I think you can look, for example, uh, the 2-1 victory against Leicester City as a great example. I mean, it took a, uh, what, a like last, last, last gasp penalty uh, by James Milner to win that one for Liverpool. And I think there was, I didn't think there were any questions about the penalty, by the way. But, but you know, there were discussions about it. Uh, before then, it was, uh, you know, 1-0 away at Bramall Lane to beat Sheffield United. You know, before then, it was a 2-1 victory at Stamford Bridge. Uh, then it was Before then, it was 3-1 at Newcastle. So 3-0 away at Burnley. So really starting after the Chelsea game, the last three matches have been underwhelming. There was the 1-0 victory over Sheffield. There was the 2-1 victory over Leicester. And as we mentioned, the 1-1 at Old Trafford against United. And by the way, I think as I mentioned at another time on this show, I think a lot of credit for that 1-1 has to go to United, who I thought put on their most determined performance of the season, other than maybe the first game where where, where they did, you know, I forget who they blew out. Who did they blow out on the first game? I'll have to think about this for a minute. Or even better, I'll look it up. Uh, the first game of the season, United, uh, yeah, blew away Chelsea 4-0, of course. Uh, since that time, of course, it's been pretty awful for them. So, but we're we're going to get there. Um, but look, this is a tough match for Spurs. Uh, I think Liverpool. Are... Ooh, it, it, it's hard for me. You know, I'm not going to give a prediction on this one because Liverpool are my team, and and, and I, I really wanted to give the draw last week, but I gave the win for Liverpool, and I think that was my heart talking and not my head. And so I'm going to let neither one talk. I'm just going to put out the odds for you on this match, this Sunday matchup. And, yeah, I, I know I'm jumping around, by the way, between, you know, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Liverpool are the big favorites at minus 175. The Spurs are plus 450 on the money line to win. The draw is plus 300. And let's have a look at what the consensus of goals is on this game. Uh, oh, it's, it's quite a lot. It's three. The consensus is what a three-nil victory for Liverpool. I'm not putting out any prediction on this one. I think I'm done predicting my team. I think it's unfair on 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 you guys that are listening that, that may take what I say to 
the window and place a small wager on it. So no no advice from me on live on the Liverpool Tottenham game. It is certainly the big game of the season. All right, Brighton Everton already covered that one. Uh, Watford Bournemouth. I mean, this is another really interesting matchup in 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 many respects. Uh, Watford still absolutely dead bottom. I mean, they they gifted Spurs, I guess is the way to put it, uh, the points, uh, the, the, a, a point on uh, last Saturday. They've just been bloody awful. I mean, look, this team has scored five goals in nine games, and they've conceded 21. Bournemouth, on the other hand, They're not too bad. I mean, they've conceded and scored 13 goals. They haven't won. I mean, they've had two draws and losses in the last three. They drew Norwich. Uh, they lost to Arsenal. And before then, they drew West Ham 2-2. Uh, they are scoring more goals, obviously, than Watford. But I'm going to give you a crazy pick here. Uh, and I did this kind of last week. I gave, uh, I, I think I gave... Uh, I don't remember who I gave for the Watford game uh, last week. Uh, but... Uh, look, at some point, they're going to turn it around. And I actually think it's going to be here at home. I think Watford are going to win. And right now, that's plus 131. So uh, if you want to make a bet, I-, I like this bet. Plus 131 for Watford. Bournemouth are plus 199. The draws plus 285. I think Watford are going to win this one uh, at home. They are so overdue a win. It's crazy. I'm going to predict... 2-1 on the scoreline, although, again, this is, you know, my predictions may as well be tea leaves, but I'm thinking Watford are going to win this one. I think it's about time they turned it around and got three points, so I'm going to pick Watford, Bournemouth, I'm going to pick Watford, uh, West Ham, Sheffield, we did that one, Burnley, Chelsea, you know, Chelsea Football Club, this is another really fascinating match, Frank Lampard is just doing something absolutely special at Chelsea right now. He has a club where he hasn't been able to make any signings. He has a bunch of young players, and admittedly, some of them are really talented players, no doubt. But he has got them firing. He has got them believing, and he's got them in fourth spot on the table, which is, quite frankly, where they belong. They've had uh, consecutive wins against Newcastle, against Southampton, against Brighton. Uh, They did lose to Liverpool 2-1 only, though, at Stamford Bridge. And before then, they had a a 5-2 tonking of wolves i like this chelsea team i i really do i like frank lampard i like what he's doing here there's some rumblings that i'm hearing about frank lampard for the england job uh, if southgate uh, moves on and I, I quite like southgate so i'm surprised to hear that everybody thinks he might be moving on but um yeah i'm going to take chelsea for the win on this and the reason for that is very simple i think they're really got belief and they've got the momentum burnley have not been half bad either this season, don't get me wrong. Uh, but they've only scored 12 goals on the season. Chelsea scored 19. I don't think, even though defensively they're very good, with one of the best records in the top 10 defensively, I just don't see them holding out Chelsea. I think this is going to be a 2-1 win for Chelsea. And... Um, that would see Chelsea further consolidate their top four positions. So I see both Leicester City and Chelsea winning. I see Liverpool likely winning against Spurs as well. So I'm not seeing massive changes in the top four uh, right away. All right, let's go. We do have a couple more matches and three more minutes to get to them. 
On Sunday, we have Wolves, Newcastle. I love Wolverhampton Wanderers. I really do. But there's something about Newcastle United. Steve Bruce, you know, they've been sputtering badly. Uh, but they are desperate to get out of the relegation lo- zone. They lost 1-0 to Chelsea on, off the back of their 1-0 victory against United. Uh, Wolves, on the other hand, you know, they were looking really awful for a while, uh, especially with that 5-2 defeat at home at the Molyneux against Chelsea. But they pulled it around with good results, with draw against Palace and beating Watford, beating City, of course, 2-0, the huge upset, and then going and getting a 1-1 against Southampton. But look, this is at home. This is at St. James's Park. Uh, I like Newcastle United for this one. I think they're going to get uh, all four po- all three points, or make it four points even better. <laughs> I think they're going to get all three points. So I'm going to say take Newcastle. They're not the favorites, by the way. Wolves are. Newcastle plus 205. Um, not much time left. Arsenal, uh, let's see, what else do we have here? Arsenal Palace, Arsenal are going to win that. And Norwich Man United. Um, wow, this is a huge, huge match. I'm just going to put it this way. United should win this away. If they don't, it's just going to be even more pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, who right now definitely leads the sack race, despite the draw against Liverpool. If he'd managed to get all three points out of that game, I think the pressure would have been relieved. But the way they played the second half, I think, uh, is definitely uh, not in their favor. All right, those are my picks. I hope you wrote them down. And most importantly, I hope you enjoy the matches this weekend. Um, Once again... You can find me on Twitter. I'm at Fifth Street Sports. You can find me on Facebook at Fifth Street Sports Talk. You can find my personal Twitter, which is at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R. And most importantly, you can find me right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network every day, Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, uh, to give you your fix of the beautiful game. All right, I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back to wrap it up here on Fifth Street Soccer. All right, welcome back to the show, Fifth Street Soccer. Hope you enjoyed my uh, Premier League picks for the weekend. You know, I do my best to uh, look at all the matches and and suck the emotion out of it, which is very hard because, look, sport, uh, the bottom line is, is that a sport is all about emotion. If you take the emotion out of it, it's really quite silly, really, isn't it? But if you take the emotion out as best you can, you generally come up with some uh, results that, more often than not, I would say, uh, are correct. I mean, in terms of wins and losses and draws. Um, so I do my best for you. I hope you appreciate it. Let me know. Twitter, at Nick Gieber, N-I-C-K-G-E-B-E-R, or at Fifth Street Sports, uh, either one. Just uh, let me know. So many other topics haven't uh, covered, haven't discussed. Uh, Major League Soccer uh, playoffs are here. The TV ratings are just appalling for Major League Soccer. I'm going to have Chris Harrison from World Soccer Talk at some point to have a discussion about that with us because it's really, really interesting stuff. And and it really kind of is part and parcel of the whole discussion about the uh, top flight in this country and the growth of the game, not all of which is bad, by the way. I know I tend to be negative about it. And I know I tend to uh, you know, harp on the things that I find uh, hip- hypocritical or um, you know, unfair because I'm, I'm real big on the, the notion of, of fairness. But, you know, it's not all bad. And I think you could look at Atlanta United as really a great example of what's right with the league. Uh, Portland, Seattle, uh, certainly Sacramento coming into the league looks looks really good. So uh, there are good things and 
not so good things. I do tend to focus in on the not so good things because you know not it's not always sunny. It's not always sunny. Sometimes you just got to dive down in detail and deal with the dirty, dirty details of it. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the show for me. I'll be back with you um, at 9 p.m. Pacific, 6, uh, probably 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. I'll get it right at some point. And we will continue the discussion in the meantime. Uh, just, to, just a reminder, right after this show, you can pretty much find this uh, podcast immediately at the Believe Podcast Network. If you should miss it, otherwise we're available on iHeart, TuneIn, the award-winning SiriusXM app, and as I said, weeknights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 Pacific, right here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. All right, speak to you next time. Till then, have a great night. Enjoy the football. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.